Impact 89 FM's own golf podcast. This is The Long Drive. Welcome into The Long Drive. We are broadcasting virtually for the summer as we are at home and away from the Impact 89 FM studios on the campus of Michigan State University. I am your host, Grace Goodlerick. I am joined by my co-host, Jack Latterman, as well as Tim Marshall. Guys, it is officially Wanamaker Week. The race for the Wanamaker Trophy at the PGA Championship commences this Thursday at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York. Guys, how are we feeling this week? We got a major. Nothing better. I mean, it's just so exciting. Everything is ramped up. Um, we were talking before, just even after this week, there's so many good events coming. This is the best time of the golf season. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully we'll either see like a new star kind of come into play, somebody getting there first or someone adding to their collection. We have a lot of guys right now at two and three majors. Hopefully we can see that rise and really with like a signature performance this week, it'll be very fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. As always, Oak Hill, a great venue, uh, hosted the PGA uh, I believe three former times in its history. But before we get to everything about the PGA Championship, we just got a couple quick recaps. First, of uh, the MSU men's golf team, they are sitting in solo fifth out of 13 teams after the second round of play at the NCAA Regionals at Eagle Eye Golf Club in Bath, Michigan. It is a home game for uh, the team this week. Uh, they will play their final round tomorrow and the top five teams of which they are currently sitting in will make the NCAA championships, which will be played the last week of May in Scottsdale, Arizona. The MSU women's golf team is currently there right now as they are playing in the NCAA championships, May 19th through the 24th at Greyhawk golf club in Scottsdale, Arizona. And on the LPGA tour, it was Jin, Jin Young Ko, the winner at the Cognizant Founders Cup. Uh, she was a playoff winner over Minji Lee, who is the sister of PGA Tour player Minwoo Lee. Uh, that moves her to first in the race to the CME Globe, which is the season-long points race on the LPGA Tour. They take this week off, resume action next week, May 24th through the 28th, at the Bank of Hope match play at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas, Nevada. So... With that, we will now transition to the PGA Tour. There's a couple bits of news surrounding the golf world this last week. This guy is a super popular pick going into the PGA Championship. My man, Dustin Johnson, wins for the second time on the Live Tour at, uh, at Live Golf Tulsa. So congratulations to him. A couple of withdrawals from the PGA Championship. John Daly, 1991 champion. Uh, withdraws from the PGA. Stefan Yeager is now in as an alternate and just a few hours ago, uh, the news broke on Twitter that Paul Casey, a guy that Jack was super high on this week, has withdrawn due to injury. That puts Sam Stevens into the PGA Championship field. And Phil Mickelson back in the news for putting golf's governing bodies on blast, the PGA of America and the USGA. Phil Mickelson basically going at Mike Wan, who is the CEO of the United States Golf Association for its criteria that left fellow live golfer Taylor Gooch out of the exemption field for this year's U.S. Open at the Los Angeles Country Club. Also going at the PGA of America for three live golfers ranked higher than Bo Hostler in the official world golf rankings, not making the field and Bo Hostler making the field. So Stay tuned more. Phil's always a firecracker when it comes to 
whatever he puts out on Twitter. So now we go to the AT&T Byron Nelson, the last event uh, before this week's PGA Championship at, uh, <clears throat> at Oak Hill. Excuse me. Jason Day is officially back. I think everybody in the golf world can say that now. He wins for the first time on the PGA Tour since winning twice in 2018. Moves him to fifth in the FedEx Cup standings, guys. We had a really fun week. It was it was a good lead up to the PGA Championship. So what what did we like about this last week? Yeah, it was great to see Jason Day. You know, he's been through the ringer in the last couple of years. Absolutely. Um, we saw his, it was Mother's Day. I believe his mom died something around a year ago. His wife was there in the audience, his kids. It was great to see him win. Um I'm not I'm not anti Jason Day, but I wouldn't say he's my favorite player ever. But um, it was really great to see him win, honestly, um, with his vertigo and stuff. I fully faded him. We were talking last week. I did not touch him. So that kind of sucks. But uh, yeah, he, it was great to see and super happy for him. Yeah, just a, a good win for day. Uh, another entertaining week and really just gets a, the juices flowing for this week. Just more golf excited yeah there's nothing more you can say really yeah absolutely you know it was really as you guys hinted uh jason day winning again on the pga tour that was really nice to see we also talked a lot about how scorable tpc craig ranch was going to be this last week the winning score ended up being minus 23 we had two guys finish at minus 22 austin Eckrote, former oklahoma state cowboy and siwoo kim I hammered Eckrote this week last week he he played well played really well thought he had a shot there all the way up until the end uh finishing solo fourth ct pan minus 21 rounding out the top five tyrell hatton uh zishang du and scotty scheffler tyrell hatton obviously was my one and done pick last week so as always a very eventful and entertaining week on the pga tour as it always is but now we move to the PGA Championship Golf second major moving to its May spot, um, which is the fifth time, I believe, besides the COVID year in 2020, that it has uh, it will be commenced in May, taking place at Oak Hill Country Club, uh, host of the PGA most recently in 2013, where Jason Duffner won his one and only major championship and also in 2003. When Sean Michiel won the PGA Championship as a total dark horse contender. So this is the PGA Championship. Let's get into it. We've got so many storylines. First of all, just bare bones. What are we looking for this week? I really think it's going to be complete opposite of last week. Um, I think the winning score is going to be five to seven under. And I think the cut line is going to be above par. I think it's going to be really hard. Um, we've seen weather reports of it being really cold, especially in the mornings, which we can talk about after. I think will will definitely benefit some of the maybe European guys. I could see a, a Hatton, Fleetwood, like Lowry, those type of golfers uh, playing well in that. But it's going to take a full golf. It's going to take a full golfer to win this. It's going to. It takes. We were talking accuracy, distance, putting around the green, approach, everything. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, Who, it's going to be great to watch. Whoever wins it is definitely going to need to paint a masterpiece this yeah. week. There's no other way around it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jack, like you said, it's in Rochester, New York. It's cold. I mean, we're all used to, uh, playing in cold weather, but 
Uh, we also don't play at a PGA Tour level. We don't play at a major level. Uh, this could be new for some of these guys that live in Jupiter, Florida, or Scottsdale, Arizona, who really haven't had to brave the elements quite like this. Um, another note, just uh, Donald Ross course. Uh, I'm a fan of the Donald Ross courses. There's a lot um, out near me in Massachusetts. And uh, an, an interesting stat about Donald Ross courses, uh, the top five stroke game uh, on tour on these type of courses. We got Xander Shoffley, Victor Hovland, Rory McIlroy, Tom Kim, and Tony Finau. So I think those are some those are some big names to look out for. I think it should just be a good week. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, you know, it's major week. There's obviously a million storylines, but first we'll get into some of those. We talk about the, the architecture rebuild, obviously, is a Donald Ross design. However, there was a redesign in 2019. Each of the 18 greens and every single bunker were, was rebuilt. Course was also uh, lengthened by 231 yards. So that's a really interesting play. But first, there's a list here. Uh, we'll just go down the list uh, in order on ESPN.com in terms of the storylines this week for watching the PGA Championship. And we have to talk about the wild card withdrawing from the AT&T Byron Nelson. He was seen playing today with kinesio tape on his wrist. That is Tuesday, uh, the second practice round, Jordan Spieth. Guys, how are we feeling about him this week? He's technically still in the field. Yeah, I, I am not confident that he's going to play. Um, or if he does, right. or I'm, if I'm he does... I'm not confident that it's going to go great. Um, I there were reports that he was supposed to play nine holes practice around today with with John Rahm. He made it through one hole. I don't know if he even finished that hole. Um, that's not. You would like to think that if he was feeling good, that would not have been the case. So um, obviously, would love to see him play, but yeah, I'm not. I can't say with very much confidence that I think he's going to. Yeah, I kind of agree with you guys. I mean, it just it doesn't look great for him. And it's tough because this is the one he needs, right? Like exactly. he, has the three of, yeah. he has the three of the other four majors. And he, this is probably the one, or this is definitely the one he hasn't performed the uh, the best at. He's had, what, I think this could have been the sixth or seventh chance at the Grand Slam. And now it's just you, you have a bum wrist and you can't play. And now you have to wait a whole another year. I mean, he's still young, but like just another year goes by. He's closer to thirty now, or is he? Is he past thirty now? He's got to be but close, if not. I think he's yeah. pretty close. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, for a golfer, you still have another good ten years in you, but like, it's just it's tough to see just another shot at it go by so quickly. If exactly. So yeah, Jordan Spieth obviously going for the career Grand Slam this week. He's a wild card as of right now. To as if to. Uh, if he will play this week in the PGA championship, that leads us to the second storyline, Justin Thomas looking to become just the third person, the, just the third man in the history of the PGA championship to successfully defend his title. Uh, he won last year at Southern Hills in Tulsa. However, he's been playing absolutely horrific this year, guys, you think he's got any shot this week? Um, I personally will not be on Justin Thomas, but I will say, We've been talking about how bad he's playing. He finished 14th at the Wells Fargo, 25th at the Heritage. Like, he has not been playing well, but he's still 
top top 25s like if he learn if he can figure out his putter and around the green i think he could win um so i personally am not on him but i i don't think he has that far to go like i think if he finds his putter he could very easily win and i don't think people would be shocked yeah i mean i i agree i think you can't count out jt at a pga at this point i think we've all come to learn that i think he this is where he thrives. I think it would be very funny for him. I feel like his one thing has been like, when's it going to be the other tournaments? Is it just going to be the PGA? Yeah. I think it would yeah. be very funny to see him get three PGAs before he gets anything else. But yeah, uh, exactly. I, I just don't see that really happening. I think he can play well. I think he had a good stepping zone at uh, Quail Hollow. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him in that top 10 range, like a top eight, but I, a win this week would be a little tough to see. Yeah, exactly. It seems like the last few tournaments that he's played in, you know, not not very high finishes, but it always seems like he just hasn't really pieced it together that well to kind of really put everything together to win a tournament. So that leads us to the third storyline. Obviously, there's still an ongoing debate between the Live Golf League and the PGA Tour. 17 players from the Live Golf League will tee it up this week at Oak Hill, including past champions Brooks Kepka in 2018-2019, Phil Mickelson, obviously winning at Kiowa a few years ago. Um, you guys think that they, these guys, I mean, really have this, – this could be one of the more pivotal weeks in proving that the Live Golf League deserves world ranking points. So what say you guys about that? How do we think they'll play? Do we think it'll match up to how well they played at Augusta? What, what do we got? So I, I think that the expectations are really high after Brooks played super well at the Masters and yeah, Phil, Phil, too. Phil played well. There are a couple of guys that top 25 and 30. Um, I'm personally not feeling great about some of the guys at the top of the board. Um, I like Neiman. I like some of these guys a little bit lower to maybe top 20 or so, but I would personally be pretty shocked. Um, even if Brooks or DJ or one of these guys come, came out and won, I think a top five or a top 10 from some of these dudes is, is very well possible, but, um, I'm not confident in one of them to come out and compete to win. Yeah. I, I think this is, uh, more of a legit, uh, marking point compared to Augusta because Augusta you have the older live guys that have a lot more experience at Augusta and like we talked about a month ago experience at Augusta is everything and we haven't seen the tournament played at Oak Hill in 10 years so I think yeah I I don't know how and it's a different it's a totally different course now so I think it's more pure golf instead of kind of knowledge about the course and where to hit the shots so I think Maybe it might be a little tougher this week for the live guys, but I, I don't know. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see. I think if you look at Phil Mickelson, he, this is his first time playing at a PGA since he won. He didn't defend his title last year, obviously, when he was in hot water. He uh, decided to not play. So uh, I guess he, he's remained undefeated in PGA championships in uh, the last two years. That's very true. You know, it's it's going to be really interesting because you mentioned Augusta's kind of like that wild card where it's the same course every single year. Experience matters. But I believe there's only seven guys in the entire field 
combined between live guys and guys that stayed with the PGA tour that have seen Oak Hill in 2003 and 2013. So not a lot of experience in terms of anybody in the field this week, uh, whether they're from the live golf tour or the PGA tour. So that leads us to the next two guys up on this list, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm guys. If John Rahm were to win the Wanamaker Trophy this week at Oak Hill, he would become uh, the first player to win the Masters in the PGA Championship in the same year since Jack Nicklaus in 1975. Additionally, it will be the first time that he has started a major as the world's number one ranked player uh, in his entire career. Only six players have won a major while ranked number one in the world. Tiger Woods 11 times in his career, Scotty Scheffler, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Fred Couples, and Ian Woosnam, as well as Scotty Scheffler. He can regain that number one ranking this week if he were to win the PGA Championship. Guys, who do you think has the edge this week? Is it Scotty Scheffler or John Rahm? I think it's John Rahm, but, I mean, this is – it's 1A and 1B. Um, right, and there's a big exactly. drop-off. I I think Rahm, purely because Scheffler hasn't been putting the lights out, but, um, I mean, like – Stats wise, it's unbelievable how consistent they are, and I can say with pretty strong confidence that I could bet a lot of money that they'll both finish top ten. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's it's really hard from a, a daily fantasy that I'm big on uh, standpoint to just totally fade one of these guys because I, one of them could win and it would be extremely like not surprising. Yeah, uh, it it's really hard to pick between the two. They're pretty much the last two or maybe 18 months has been very similar between the two. There hasn't been much uh, deviation. One guy wins one week, the other wins the other. The only thing is they haven't really, there hasn't been like a signature battle between the two. I feel like that would be something if we just see they get paired on Sunday together, final pairing. And it's just with Rory, three man playoff. I mean, that would, be, that would just be like out of a dream. Maybe that that's where we get to see some of this like golf scripted kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, we've seen yeah. it with other sports, maybe a little PGA rig talk, but uh, yeah, yeah I like think that would be, both be battling. That scenario right there between John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler, Jack throws Rory into the mix. I mean, you're throwing Xander Shoffley, Cantley. Even if JT. it's just the two of them. And any yeah. any combination of those two or three battling on the back nine on Sunday in a playoff, I think that would be Jay Monahan's dream come true. I think we can all definitely agree on that. So lots of interesting things to look for this week in terms of those two guys, obviously the top two uh, in the golf world right now. And the last like main big storyline that we'll cover as we start to break down the PGA championship is the weather. It's going to get really, really chilly. There's a short weather delay on Monday morning due to the frost on the course that will most likely persist through the rest of the week. Temperatures are expected to fall into the mid-30s with highs in the low 50s tomorrow for the final practice round. However, the forecasts call for temperatures in the 60s and 70s on tournament days. Also, a chance of rain both days um, on the weekend. And Justin Thomas in a press conference earlier this week. Uh, was joking that it snowed like three weeks ago in Rochester to which he was corrected by a reporter who said that it snowed four weeks ago regardless it still snowed 
within the last month in Rochester, New York, pretty typical once you get uh, mid-May. And it's really kind of, it's a, it's a super alpha move by the PGA to stage a major championship in upstate New York in mid-May. So guys, do you think the weather is going to have any impact this week on how these guys play? Absolutely. I think um, just looking at it, Thursday, 9 a.m., uh, 39 degrees. I mean, that yeah. is, it's that's not like, like it's 55 or something and, and people no. are like, it's really not that cold. I mean, that's, it's pretty cold. Like Tim said before, most of these guys are from Florida and Arizona and it's just not typical. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely will be leaning towards if I take any first round leaders or anything, some of the afternoon guys, um, for sure. Absolutely. It, Saturday also looks like torrential downpours. This says, um, pouring rain hundred percent all day, basically. So, uh, hopefully that changes because we've had too many, uh, delays and stuff, but yeah, I think it's going to absolutely make an impact. Yeah. I think the, the weather's very intriguing. I mean, when we look at the past couple majors, I think the last one that was really like a low scoring major was in New York at Wingfoot uh, at the U S open in 2020 where Bryson and maybe one or two other guys were the only guys under par. It was just a, a battle that week. And I think, I think that would be a good change of pace. We've seen a lot of uh, wins where the the winner has been in the teens, the like, un, or even the twenties. Like, I would love to see like a three under, a two under win this week. I think that would be really cool to just see a different style of golf be played. Couldn't agree more. I completely agree with that. Yeah, exactly. You know, you bring up a really good stat there with the last kind of major that we saw contested that didn't produce a lot of uh, low scoring the 2019 PGA championship the first year that it was moved to May aside from its uh, or opposite its regular August scheduling prior to 2019 was contested Beth Page Black on Long Island in May it's kind of the same vibe as being in upstate New York where Rochester is just cold and rainy wet there were six players that week that were under par. Obviously, Brooks Kepka minus eight, Dustin Johnson minus six, four other guys finishing under par for the week. Six players out of the entire field finished under par for the week. So that is a huge precedent to look for this week uh, at the PGA Championship, the cold weather and everything. So now we've talked a lot about the storylines of the tournament itself, but we got to break down Oak Hill country club. This is a venue with a lot of majors. So I know we've got a lot of stats to talk about um, in terms of the course. So let's dig in. It's a fairly new architecturally architectural redesign done in 2019. Like I said, all the green complexes were redesigned. The bunkering is totally different from what the guys saw in 2013, which was the last PGA championship contested there. So what do we have on the course? Um, So like you said, the renovations have, have made a big impact. Um, I think they've added a significant amount of length and taken a lot of trees down, which I think benefits the long hitters from what I've seen a little bit more greens are uh, bent grass. And the rough is thick from everything I've seen. And this sand is the bunkers are just absolutely brutal. Um, Most things that I've seen have talked a lot about you need accuracy because if you're in that rough, 
you're in trouble. Um, and then even more so, sand saves is big, getting up and down because that's sand. Um, that they can really, really make a make a nice divot on your round. Um, so yeah, I think like we talked about before, it's going to take everything. It's the, it's a course that's going to be challenging with the weather, even more challenging, and it's going to take a full, fantastic uh, weekend for anyone to really score here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it. Go ahead, Tim. Oh, I was just yeah, I was just agreeing with just it's a tough course. I mean, we definitely see that in majors, and I, I, I just think it's it's gonna be tough. A lot of these courses, you get like not as like Augusta. There was not that bad of rough. It was decent. I mean, we had a lot of rain there, but during the back half of the weekend, it was pretty nice out not that much wind. I think if the wind gets going, if it's cold, it just, it can be bad. Yeah, exactly. It's super tough. Jack touched on the uh, added length. Just for the course this week, it will play to a newly lengthened distance of 7,394 yards. It's a par 70 and it's going to present the equivalent of a 77.2 rating in a slope of 151. So that is immensely tough for those guys playing this week. Uh, incredibly tough. I believe the fairways on average, uh, the average width of a fairway on the East course, which is obviously where the uh, tournament will take place is 25 to 26 yards, which is incredibly tight. Um, and, and the finishing stretch on the uh, East course is incredibly difficult 16 17 18 a trio of treacherous par fours um it, it immensely tough obviously one of the most famous breakdowns in american Ryder cup history occurred a strange at the 1995 Ryder cup at oak hill uh the american's hopes were on his shoulders he makes a trio of bogeys to lose the Ryder cup for the american side so that finishing stretch there is ridiculous and also before we move into the groups and the field this week, just one little bit. Reading here on the PGA Tours website, quote, among the expected twists will be the tee shot on the 628-yard par 5 13th hole, a 325-yard carry to clear Allen Creek. So it's a three-shot layup hole for sure, unless you get some absolute bombers that just think they can nuke it over Allen Creek. Uh playing the par five 13th hole, measuring 628 yards this week. That is incredibly long. So enough about the course. Let's get into the groups. Obviously, the PGA Tour releasing a, the full list of tee times today. There are the, the eight headlining groups that we will be breaking down right now. A lot of interesting pairings here, so let's get into all of them. The first one we're going to start with, defending champion as well as 2017 champion at Quail Hollow, Justin Thomas. Uh 2014 PGA champion, 2012 and 2014 PGA champion Rory McIlroy, and 2020 PGA champion uh, Colin Morikawa. Guys, JT, Rory, Morikawa, do we think any of these guys have a clear-cut shot to win top 10, top 20? What are these guys' ceilings this week? I mean, obviously, this group is – it's three guys that I think realistically have a chance to win. Um, we've talked about JT already. Rory is – my, I, right now, if I had to pick a player to win, it's Rory, um, especially going a little bit under the radar slightly for 
compared to what Rory usually is. Um, and Morikawa, like we said, has just like when he's on, he is unstoppable. Um, so, so good hitting greens and reg and with his approach and accurate, he's not the longest of players, which is a little bit, um, scary here and has just not been able to putt. So I personally am off Morikawa, but I mean, this group, I, if all three of them could top five and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, this is probably the biggest name group. I feel like this is like biggest appeal. Like these just are three guys that you love to watch play golf. But none of them are really in form right now. I feel like JT has, has struggled so far. Rory, uh, Mark Howe hasn't had a win since 2021 when he won the Open. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's shock. That's shocking to hear when you think about it. Because after that win in two years ago, you were like, "Is this guy? How many is this guy gonna get? Gonna get? Is he gonna be able to get to 10 majors?" Like that. Those yeah, were legitimate exactly. conversations, and he hasn't won in two years since that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously you said this is probably the biggest name group, all three former PGA champions, Justin Thomas, defending this week. So the second group that we're going to move to, John Rahm, obviously looking for the third leg of the career Grand Slam. Matt Fitzpatrick, fresh off of his win at the RBC Heritage a few weeks ago, and the first live golfer featured in a prominent featured grouping on the PGA Tour's website, Cam Smith, ranked eighth in the world. Guys, what what are the ceilings this week? I'm especially excited to hear the comments about Cam Smith because that is the first mention of his name during this entire podcast. I want to know how we think he can finish this week. He's obviously the highest ranked of any of the live guys. He was one of the most highly touted signings last year after winning the 150th Open at St. Andrews. So what are the ceilings for these three guys? This is a star-studded group that we have here too. Yeah, so another group with with Rom, who's obviously won coming up the Masters, but has won so many events. I think he, I think John Rom could maybe have a clear-cut shot at winning the Grand Slam. He's maybe one of the only guys yeah. I think could maybe do it. That's I agree. Anyway, I mean, yeah. I, I think he, to me, behind Rory, I would pick Rom as my winner this week. Like, I really mm-hmm. think he's big name. Um, top three are going to play well, but Fitzpatrick, like we said, coming off the U S open win. And then he won, uh, heritage as well. Cam Smith coming off the open win. Uh, this is another group. that's just insane. How they put these groups together. Um, Cam Smith, my opinion, you may disagree with this, but in my opinion, completely ignoring driver. I think Cam Smith is the best golfer in the world. Um, I think, I'm terrified to be totally honest of him with his driver. He doesn't have the, the distance or the accuracy with his driver. Um, and for that reason, I'm off of him, but like, I seriously think he's the best golfer in the world from irons wedge putting. Um, so I'm off of him because I think that you're really going to have to smash this ball and smash it straight, which I don't think Cam Smith can do. But um, I mean, like he, I wouldn't be surprised if he gained, five strokes on approach putting and around the green. Yeah. I mean, this is a very intriguing group. You have the last three major winners in this group. Uh, something to look for. Like you said, Thursday morning, eight thirty-three is when they're going Oof. off. So yeah, that's oh, that scoring, right brutal. <laughs> you can, I mean, it's not much, but it's eight eleven for uh, the group we just talked about. So we got some early risers um, on Thursday, but then again, that also means they're going to be late on Friday. So 
I guess you get the early wake up out of the way. Um, just three really good golfers. I, I think Fitz is a very sneaky, he's had a very quiet lead up this year. He has the win. He, he wasn't playing great. And then all of a sudden he had a good, I believe it was a top 10 at Augusta. And then you're like, oh yeah, he's a major winner. Like he's really that guy. Like he can, he's a really good golfer. So I, I think Fitz is someone who isn't being talked about enough this week. I would not be surprised if he had five finish this week. And Cam Smith, I think him being a featured group kind of shows uh, what the future will be between the PGA Tour and Liv. I, I think it's just – if you're the PGA Tour, I think there hasn't been as many guys going off at this point. I think there Liv is on the CW. I know they're – handing out a lot of money but like how much of a threat really are they are they and i think this is kind of a sign of just like yeah he's a really good golfer and this will help us get ratings i i think they shouldn't be as afraid of this boogeyman of live as they were kind of probably 12 months ago at this point yeah it seems like the first real like mass exodus from the pga tour to live golf is pretty much over at this point however many guys go from now remains to be seen but you know like you said this is i think cam smith being uh the eighth ranked player in the world he's really going to be the face of like okay how well can these guys play with the guys on the pga tour that are still qualifying for majors still earning world ranking points that all remains to be seen i like jack's take about him being the best golfer in the world minus his driver uh, if he could drive it like the John Roms, the Scotty Schefflers, and the Rory McIlroys of the world, he would probably be a clear-cut number one ranked player in the world. So very interesting grouping there. You bring up 8.33 a.m. Eastern, round one tee time on Thursday morning, so the weather's going to play into a factor there. Opposite those guys, going off 1.36 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday afternoon, Adam Scott, 2013 Masters champion, Max Homa, as well as Tony Finau. Guys, what are the ceilings this week? This is a really interesting group here. Guys that either – I feel like there's no real middle of the pack there. It's either these guys have a shot or these guys aren't making the cut. So, Yeah, I think um, I think Adam Scott's going to be popular. I'm excited to hear what you guys think, but I'm off Adam Scott. Um, no particular reason. I just don't, especially compared to these other two. I love Max Homa this week. I – I think Homa and Finau are similar in respect to people think they can't get it done in big moments. I know Finau beat Rom at the uh, Mexico Open, but in general, these two have not like totally showed out at majors. And I think they're similar in that way. Um, Finau ranked one in my model. I have a bet on Finau to win. Um, I really like him this week. And I think especially round one, uh, both Homa and Finau, I expect to get off to a really hot start. Home is another one that I think has really this year um, shot up, but I don't think that he's like impressed lately, really, especially in majors. Um, And I think he's another one that people kind of are writing off a little bit when it comes to this week that I wouldn't be surprised if he really made a run at it, especially early with this late tee time. Yeah. I think when you look at this course, Oak Hill, I look a lot, to Quail Hollow, which was the host of the Wells Fargo a couple of weeks ago. And we saw guys like Max Homa who love that course. It's a major caliber course. I think these they compare really well. 
I could see Max Homa winning this week, and I could see Max Homa not making the cut this week. I think he has a yeah. very high ceiling yeah. and a very low floor. Um, I think Tony Finau, like, no matter how he plays, I think it's just a, a made cut. Like, he, he'll get the ball out there. May not um, – the approach may not always be there, but you know he'll be driving it well. Uh, and then Adam Scott's the only major winner in this in this group, which is uh, funny enough. And he actually had a T5 here in uh, 2013. I know how he said it's a different course now, but I think that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, exactly. He, he's got familiarity with at least the setup of the course, maybe not the intricacies that have been redesigned since 2019. But I love Adam Scott coming out of this group. He's going to be in my top 10 picks later on in the show when we get to him. I think having the experience of in terms of the general layout of this course is going to be huge this week. He's obviously played in uh, in this type of environment before. You know, Max Homa still a little bit new on the scene. Tony Finau where it still remains to be seen on if he can win majors. He's become a more prolific winner on the PGA Tour. So super interesting group. Going off round one at 8 a.m., these guys are going to be freezing on Thursday morning. One of the odds-on favorites on the Las Vegas Sportsbook, Scotty Scheffler, at plus 750, paired with 2018 and 2019 champion Brooks Kepka, as well as Gary Woodland, interestingly enough, 2019 U.S. Open champion. Round one, 8 a.m. Eastern. Who do we like out of this group? Besides Scotty being the clear-cut favorite, what's everybody else's ceiling? Um to be totally honest, I'm off of the other two. Um, Woodland, yeah, I, I, I don't uh, get this pairing really, to be honest with you. Woodland can putt about as well as Gray can, um, and he's he's really good off the tee. He matches the ball. He's he's great, but I mean, he is abysmal putting, um, and I like him a lot. Like he's a great dude, but he I, I just can't trust him whatsoever. And Brooks, I, I really think he's going to be popular after the Masters and everything. Um, and I mean, people either love Brooks or hate Brooks. I really feel like, but he's another one that it will totally mash the ball and he can putt pretty well, but his accuracy stats for these live guys is a little bit, uh, wonky cause all the live stats don't come in, but 140th in the field in hitting the fairways. Um, so he's really putting that ball down there, but the thick rough, I, I don't think that's going to be great for him. Um, and around the green, he's dead last in the field, which, is shocking to me. So just for the caliber, for the price you would have to pay to get Brooks Kepka, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I love uh, like Jack calling out my my putting form there. I am a terrible putter, but I can do everything else well. So well, thank you're you for that. compared so, to a PGA golfer. I mean, I would take that. Yeah, I would have said myself, but uh, I four putt every hole. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't see how. Gary Woodland, like he just kind of sneaks into these featured groups. It's I mean, so strange. I'm, like I don't get out it. Of the top like twenty four or however many guys are in these featured groups. I just I don't understand why he get like I don't really. I know he's a major winner, but I don't really want to like. I'm not waking up at eight a.m. to watch Gary Woodland play golf. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know about you yeah. guys, but that's just not me. Um, but the other guys in the group, I mean, Scotty Scheffler and Brooks Kepa, I think. Sorry, Brooks Kepka. I think those are two of the um, the best guys in this field. I think both guys can play in tough conditions. Kepka is just made. I think Kepka's made for a week like this. 
it's a tough course. He thrives in these tough courses. Once again, plays well in New York. I know it's a big state, but he had Shinnecock. He had the win there. He had uh, Beth Page, another one there. So I think that will be very interesting. And yeah, Scotty is just, he'll hit his irons really well and play well. He'll be in the, he'll be in contention. I think it'll be, it'll be a good group to watch though. Yeah, exactly. This you bring up a good point that this seems like kind of a Brooks Kepka type week where it's like, all right, who's the dude with the biggest rocks that is going to basically break out of the pack this week? And I feel like when you look at guys on the PG tour and the Live Golf tour for that matter, it's like Brooks and DJ are like the alpha males that you think can just kind of take over in this sort of field and aspect. So I, I think Brooks is a sneaky pick this week. It's going to be really interesting to see. He's got to play super early on Thursday morning with all the weather and everything. It's going to be freezing outside. So with that, we move to another one of those groups that is off early on Thursday morning, 8.22 a.m. Eastern time. The man that is currently up in the air and on the bubble, Jordan Spieth paired with uh, Victor Hovland and Shane Lowry. Jordan obviously looking for the final leg of the career Grand Slam, seeking to become the sixth golfer in uh, golf history to win that Grand Slam. Victor Hovland, up-and-comer on the tour, Shane Lowry, obviously winning his lone major at the 2019 Open Championship, Royal Portrush. So, guys, what, what do we like this week? I mean, obviously, it's really hard to put anything on Jordan and to talk about Jordan a lot because he's just a wild card as of right now. So we have no idea what's going on with him. Yeah. I like, if this was a three ball, if you were picking between these three guys, I would pick Shane Lowry and he would definitely be the deepest odds. Um, the guy does everything. Well, he, d- he does everything. Well, he's just kind of a robot on the course. You're telling me he didn't grow up in this 45 degree, yeah, like horrible exactly. weather. Um, yeah, from being from Ireland, he was playing in bad golf more than he was playing in good golf or right. good weather. And he like, does yeah. everything well. He's long enough. He's accurate. Um, I like him this week, and I'm a huge Victor Hovland fan, but I'm completely just not feeling it this week. I, I don't know. I just think that he's his form has been okay, but um, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't see him. He hasn't been putting well. He around the green play just has been real bad. Um, I don't know. I just don't, I'm just not feeling it with Hovland. Honestly, I don't like any of these guys that much. I think if anyone Lowry is the guy that I would expect to do the best though. I have uh, foreshadowing my uh, prop bets. I have Shane Lowry top Irishman. I feel like that's, you just really have to beat Rory there. And I could see Rory either winning or just, still kind of being in that funk that he is in right now and missing cut. So I think Shane Lowry, that's a, he'll be in, he'll make the cut for sure. I think that's, if you have to say, oh, this guy's going to make the cut, he's one guy for sure. But Victor Hovland, I feel like we're kind of growing out of that stage with him where it's, oh, he's still young. He's a really good uh, project. Like he, he's going to win a bunch I feel like we're still kind of waiting for that moment now. And it's been three or four years where his peers like Morikawa have majors and he still doesn't have any. And I think this would be a spot where you, you could say it fits him well. I think he could win it this week. Yeah. This it's a course where 
you need to be able to do everything well. Victor Hoblin obviously has some very glaring holes in his game, more short game related than anything. But this is he's another one of those guys, and I feel like that's kind of the main narrative when it comes to majors. Like he's a guy that's a surefire top ten, or he's not even going to be close to making the cut. So I feel like he's in that group. Obviously, Jordan, the wild card, still staying tuned uh, for any news that comes out concerning him. The next group that we have, one of the afternoon tee times on Thursday afternoon, Ricky Fowler paired with uh, Phil Mickelson as well as Patrick Cantley. Hopefully those guys can finish before the sun goes down as they are off at 1.58 p.m. Eastern time playing with Patrick Cantley. Guys, what, what do we like here? I mean, all slow play aside, I think Cantley can win it this week, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, I think Cantley could win it. Um, I, I think he could he could very possibly win it this week. Yeah, I think I think there's a better chance Phil gets fed up and takes a club to Cantlay's head this week than he top twenties. Uh, I'm totally <laughs> a, I don't trust Phil to like I think Phil could make a cut, but I don't think Phil has has it in him to like make a serious run. Ricky's one that I think is really intriguing. He hasn't made it or missed a cut since October. Um, he has five straight top 25s. I think Ricky, we just saw Jason Day get that win. We saw Justin Rose uh, earlier this year get his win. Obviously, this is a major. Um, I'm not saying Ricky Fowler is going to win, but I like Ricky. I think he's another guy that's pretty solid chance of making the cut. Um, and top 25, top 30, I think is very much um, in his, like, I think he could totally do that. Yeah, this is a very odd pairing. Sometimes yeah, we see it, themes yeah. with pairings. Like, usually we see, like, Spieth and uh, Scheffler. It's like, oh, that's a Texas connection. Sometimes it's, like, the JT Rory Tiger when he's playing. Like, this one is just, uh, I guess we'll throw three guys who play golf together uh, and call it a featured group. Not a lot of uh, similarities here. I think it'll be interesting to see uh, LaCava with Cat Cantley in a major for the um Mm -hmm. first time i think that will be i think that could be the key to really have him break through in a big time tournament like this yeah exactly you know obviously winning the fedex cup a few years ago 2021 but he doesn't really have the background of this guy's a prolific force in the majors yet like he, he doesn't have that so maybe Firing Matt Minister and hiring Joey LaCava, who obviously caddied for Nelly Corda on the LPG tour this last week, could be uh, proving really pivotal. And, yeah, this is probably, besides maybe this Scotty Scheffler, Brooks Kepka, and Gary Woodland pairing, this is maybe one of the weirdest pairings. It's so strange. That I think the PGA <laughs> of America could have concocted. In like, I, I feel like they're not, like, I, maybe I'm week. wrong, but I don't think that they're, like, real fans of each other either either like it just seems like these dudes yeah, don't just, like each other that much i don't know there's just something here that doesn't click it's it's gonna be fun to watch him play though i mean it's golf it's major championship golf so that's what we got going for us moving on another one of those afternoon pairings this is a sneaky good group right here hideki matsuyama tommy fleetwood looking for that first pg tour win let alone major and Cam Young also seeking the first tour win. Major, a lot of people think he's a dark horse this week. He's a long bomber, hits it somewhat accurate, pretty good with pretty fluent with every club in his bag. Round one, 125 Eastern time. Who you guys got? 
I like Fleetwood out of this group. I, I don't hate Cam Young. Um, like you said, he really smashes the ball. Great off the tee. I'm a little bit worried about him hitting greens and reg and having to get up and down. Um, Fleetwood's another one, sort of like Lowry with the weather. And he's just solid. He's a cut-making machine. Um, he's also just really easy to root for, I think. And I'm just really confident in him hitting greens. And if he misses them, getting out of the sand, getting up and down. Hideki, I honestly just haven't put much attention to. I just don't. Like, he's got his little injury, and I know he played pretty well last week. I'm not worried about that, but I just don't. I don't know. I'm not seeing Hideki distance-wise really making an imprint on this driving the ball. There's always little intricacies, though, and if I have – if I'm on my golf – knowledge in my golf history correctly I think a lot of the times that you see Hideki Matsuyama win on the PJ Tour he's got some form of very prolific facial hair he's grown a pretty bushy beard this week for the PJ Championship so bearded Hideki Matsuyama might be a force to be reckoned with at Oak Hill this week that aside Tim who you got uh, I, I Cameron Young is just he the way he hits the ball so high and so far is just, it's different. It's a cut above the rest of the best in the world. It's truly something, it's it's very insane how he can hit it. And now we've talked about it at length. Paul Tesori, the new caddy, seemed to pay off so far. I think he's another guy that uh, this could be leaked for. I think... I mean, we've said that for a lot of guys. This is a very deep field. I think one of the deepest we've seen in a long time. And all three of these guys really, like, I wouldn't be surprised if any of them won. But I think Cameron Young gets the best shot out of these three. Yeah, you bring up a really good point with the whole Paul Tessori thing. We first saw that combination losing – at the losing to Sam Burns at the WGC Dell Technologies match play. And up until the championship match on Sunday afternoon, he looked like he was painting a masterpiece at the Austin Country Club. He was putting well, which he never used to do. He was making very very good shots with his irons. He was hitting fairways. Obviously, he hits moon shots with driver three wood, any long uh, club in the bag, three metal, three wood, whatever. Uh, it might be so Cam Young, I think, is a super dark horse this week to have a top five finish at the PGA Championship. The last one that we're going to talk about is one of my favorite pairings. Uh, 147 Eastern on Thursday afternoon going off of uh, the first tee. Round one pairing, Xander Shoffley, Tyrrell Hatton, and Dustin Johnson, winner on the Live Tour last week. Who do you guys like out of this group? I Xander may not be the most entertaining or fun golfer to watch, but man, he is just so consistent. Yes. Um, everything he does, everything well. He's a guy that I think up there with Rory. Well, Rory not this year, but uh, Scheffler and Rom, like like they just do everything, um, like so consistently. And I think that Xander is one that just is so consistent and like stat wise is just so like nothing is below like bottom 60 like everything is just good um i wouldn't be surprised if he he won honestly i think hatton's another one that i really like this week he's just been playing outrageously good and 
he is one that is fun to watch. I think I love the entertainment factor of him. So, so good. Um, getting up and down and getting out of the sand if he needs to. And I think he has the distance to be okay. Um, DJ is one. I'll let you talk about him more. I know you love DJ. I'm feel less good about him after the win, just because I think a lot of people are going to be on him. Um, I honestly, though, last week, like coming into this, I was like, I think DJ has everything he needs, but is he in it? Is he really like in, does he have his head like where it needs to be? And I think the answer is yes, after winning that live event, but this is a whole nother, um, another task at hand playing at the PGA versus a live event. So I don't know. I'm curious to see what you think, Ray. Yeah. You know, the whole Dustin Johnson thing has always been an epic saga that I don't think a lot of people on the PGA tour and that follow golf will really ever pinpoint like what's going on in his head because he seems just like he's a little aloof and kind of like out there, but and and not really dialed into what he's doing, but the guys went on tour 24 times, two majors, one on the live tour twice, one of the best golfers of our generation, my favorite golfer of our generation. Um, and I, I think he can do it this week. I don't necessarily know if I see a win out of him. It'd be great. I think it would be, I, I mean, I, all everything PG tour versus live golf aside, if a guy from the live tour were to win the PGA championship this week, I think it would pay dividends for their standing in the golf world. That's an unbiased opinion. And I mean, I think he's one of the best golfers. He's still one of the most dominant golfers on the planet for sure. I mean, when he is on, you, you've seen what's happened when he has been on at tournaments I bring you the 2020 Northern Trust comes to mind when he finished at like 30 something under par, which was 10 shots ahead of everybody else. And dude almost shot 59 on Friday in the second round. Like when, when he's on, there's no real stopping Dustin Johnson. So it's just a matter of if he's going to be able to turn the heat up this week, or if he's just going to be cold, no pun intended and not even make the cut. So We'll see. He's a, he's a wild card this week for sure. So, Tim, what do you got? I think I love Xander in this group. It's weird because every time I feel like there was a Masters a few years ago where everyone was in love with Xander, and I feel like this is the most hype he's gotten since then. And at that Masters, he didn't do particularly well. Uh, so that kind of has me concerned because whenever he has the most hype, it kind of seems like he underperforms. I, I think this group will be pretty good for Tyrrell Hatton because you kind of got two very mellow guys. He's obviously the hothead who makes up for that. So maybe he's playing with some more level-headedness um, with other guys. Maybe he, that could help him kind of focus. And then with DJ, I think we saw the last live winner going into a major, Brooks Kapka. He had a really good showing at Augusta. And I think... I wouldn't be surprised if we saw DJ get out to an early lead, maybe around one, mm -hmm. around two lead. I think you could get some good value there. But I, I still have concerns with – I don't know how much of Brooks's Sunday was because of live, because of the whole 54 holes thing. I think playing 72 holes is 
I think that could be very underrated in this whole PGA live drama. I think, I think it's very tough to tell as of yet, but if we see another kind of collapse from a live player over the weekend, I think then we could kind of say, Oh, this might be a real thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, how like, like it might not seem like it on paper for just casual golf fans or whoever it is, but the extra layer and the intricacy of playing an extra 18 holes on top of only playing 54 holes and having done for these live guys, having done that for a sustained amount of time now, like it is just, it's not like you just have a switch that you can just turn off and on. And all of a sudden you're playing an extra 18 holes of tournament golf and you can just do it basically. Like, so that's why these majors are so, are such a, a real like point for where are these guys like a very good progress point for where are these guys in terms of how they're able to stack up against guys that remained with the PGA tour. So this is a super interesting group, obviously Xander Shoffley, you guys touched on him a lot. I am going to bring him up later on in our, uh, our picks of which we'll get to right now. So we're done breaking down the groups uh, the top eight featured groups for the PGA Championship will now move on to just our singular guys and our one-and-done picks. So last week, it was a uh, pretty moving type week for one member of our podcast who is not on tonight. Um, I am still in first place in the one-and-done pick game here on the Long Drive Podcast. I take Tyrrell Hatton last week. He finishes tied for fifth, earns $351,500, and I have made a total of $6,542,368 total. Nick, uh, who is aforementioned, is not with us tonight. He takes Jason Day last week, who obviously wins on the PGA Tour. He wins $1.71 million. That now takes Nick into second place. Leaping Jack, as he has made $3,453,346. However, it's still a very tightly contested race. Jack in third place, he takes Tom Kim, who finishes tied for 34th, makes $45,442. And Jack has made a total of $3,448,844 total. Tim takes Matt Kuchar. He's sitting in fourth place, uh, who finishes tied for 43rd. Makes $30,115. Tim has won a total of $1,858,673. So, guys, it's major week. You got to pick somebody big. Who do we have this week? Yeah, like you said, I know that Rory is not coming in the best form, but it's Rory McElroy. It seems um, like I, there's a lot of uh, question marks around Rory right now. There are, but sometimes he's won when that's the case. He's won coming out of events where he's played poorly. Um, this is his, I believe, wife's hometown. He has a lot of family there, which can be great or terrible, I feel like. A little added pressure. Yeah, Tim, what were you going to say? He's a member at Oak Hill. Right. So I think that's a good thing. I, he's more comfortable. But with that being said, like there's some added pressure, and he's probably dealing with more things than golf. He's getting tickets for a lot of people and all that. But he's Rory McIlroy. Um, I, I saved him for this. This is the time to play him. I think he's going to win. I really do. I, I'm i with Gray foreshadowing his pick. Sorry, but I'm going Xander. I think it's it's the week 
the stats line up. He's really good at Donald Ross courses. He had that uh, second place finish a couple weeks ago. It has to be the time for him, right? Like he's he's been here before. I know it's hard to believe he only won Rookie of the Year, and I think. 2017 i feel like he's been on the tour for much longer than that but i feel like now is the time for him to get one yeah this really feels like everything is going to kind of come together for him this week you know he's fourth in strokes gained off the or strokes chain total uh 68 in off the tee you know he's a good enough driver of the golf ball the irons are where he excels uh, and, and he's a good putter. He's 19th in strokes game putting. So it feels like everything is just going to kind of culminate for Xander this week. He plays in adverse conditions a lot of the time, living in the southern-ish California area with a lot of the weather that comes in off of the Pacific Ocean. Not that that, that pales into what these guys are going to experience this week, but I feel like he plays in a lot of adverse conditions a lot in terms of weather uh, with where he plays out of in the Southern California area a lot. Um, so I, I think that this is Xander's week, you know, for, as Tim mentioned, everything just kind of lines up. He's been on the tour for a while wins the gold medal at the Olympics a few years ago. He's now won, I believe, seven, eight, nine times, correct me if I'm wrong, on the PGA Tour, a prolific top five golfer in the world. This feels like the major week for Xander Shoffley. So now we'll move to our second pick game here on the Long Drive Podcast. Three guys to make the cut in our mortal lock. One guy to finish in the top 10. Guys, who do we have this week? I'm starting it off with Brendan Steele, which is definitely the least confident of my three picks. Uh, he has four top 25s, though, at the PGA Championships in the past. Good off the tee, good approach. Hits greens in reg. He can't putt to save his life. Um, and I didn't even know he went to live, to be totally honest. Gray told me that a couple a couple minutes ago. But, um, yeah, I think he's he his stats-wise, he's really good. Um Putting is just abysmal, but if he can hit these greens like he ha- like he has in years past, I think he can make a cut. Wyndham Clark is my next pick, who just consistently is priced way too low. I mean, he hasn't missed a cut since October. Great form. Approach is amazing. He's just solid in every single facet of the game. I just love Wyndham Clark, and he just consistently just surprises people. Um, then my last pick is going to be Cam Davis, who I think – I think he's going underlooked. Um, he was sick earlier in the season, had a horrible start. I think part of that was that he was sick. He's been playing better since. Not super accurate um, and hitting greens in reg, but he's extremely good getting up and down out of the sand. Confident in him being able to putt. Um, and I think he can make the cut. My top 10, who I picked also top 10 for the Masters, is going to be Neiman. Love me some Neiman. Um, I just, I've been talking to some people about this. Every time I see him on the board, I just love, I just love betting on him. I don't know what it is. Um, he's just so consistent off the tee and with his approach hits greens. He's accurate enough to score. Bent is his best surface. He's coming, um, off of two top eights at live top 20 at the masters. 
I think Neiman is going to have a great week, but I think that every week, but I'm hoping it does actually come through for me. Yeah. Uh, this week I got, I got Phil. I mean, maybe he can make a cut. I don't know. I think it's something uh, that should be fun to root for. I, uh, the, the public is now back on his side. It seems like at Augusta, he was getting some favorable cheers. I, I don't know if that'll be the same up in uh, New York, but maybe it will be. I, I think that'll be something to watch for. Uh, and then Denny McCarthy, kind of a not as well-known name. I think he can make a cut this week. I like his game a lot. And then uh, Adam Hadwin, the Canadian, I think he can have a good week. Uh, and then my top 10 is going to be uh, Fitzpatrick. I think that's this is kind of a similar setup to the U.S. Open last year. He obviously succeeded there. I think he can succeed here. He had a very good showing at the Masters. I think Fitzpatrick is a very good pick this week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you touch on the Adam Hadwin thing, who I have him and my picks. I like the top 10 from Matt Fitzpatrick. My three guys to make the cut. I'm going 2011 champion Keegan Bradley. He's first in total driving efficiency. A guy that just seems like he does everything well. And as Jack and I were talking about beforehand, it seems like you really need to drive the ball well this week. Like you need to drive the ball well if you want to have any hope at hitting these greens putting well like putting yourself in a prime position off the tee is going to be huge so I'm taking Keegan Bradley for that also a guy that kind of is in that fold Keith Mitchell a um, little bit more underrated player in my opinion on the PGA Tour first in total driving fifth and strokes gained off the tee uh, guy's just an absolute machine when it comes to driving the golf ball. So I'm taking him to make the uh, cut this week. Adam Hadwin is my third guy uh, going along with Tim. He's also a very accurate driver of the golf ball, which I feel is going to play just as much into uh, the equation as accuracy will this week. Pretty good approach numbers. He's a very good putter. Uh, 41st in stroke, total strokes gain. So I like Adam Hadwin's game this week. Uh, and always seems to play particularly and peculiarly well at majors that are contested on extremely tough courses, uh, if my memory serves me correctly. And uh, to make the top 10 this week, I'm going with Adam Scott. He's a guy that has got some experience here at this course. Uh, he finished tied for fifth in 2013, as Tim alluded to earlier in the show, and also saw the course in 2003. Uh, he's one of seven in the field this week to have had the experience of playing in both PGA championships contested this century. He's also had two straight top tens on the PGA tour. He's making cuts. He's got made 18 consecutive cuts on the tour. Uh, he's got really good approach numbers. The driving distance is there, but we'll see if it is there enough to make the top 10. I think it is. So he is my, guy to make the top 10 this week at the PGA Championship. So that leads us to our favorite prop bets. It's a major. There's always a lot more odds on the uh, on the Vegas books this week than there would be for a normal PGA Tour event. So what do we have? I know Jack's got an entire list written down in front of him. So I have we could be here for so a while. many bets. We could be here for a while. Yeah, most of these guys we've already talked about, though. So um, I'll run through them pretty quick. I have Rory to top 10 plus 150. Again, I think those odds are just too long for him. Finau outright plus 2,200. 
I really have a good feeling about Finau this week. Um, Hatton plus three thirty to top ten. Another guy who's just been playing outstanding golf lately. I think will be totally fine in the cold weather, along with Tommy Fleetwood plus two forty to top twenty. I think he's another one that's going to get up to a hot start. Totally fine in the cold weather. Patrick Reed plus three thirty to top twenty. That's one that's just totally by feel. I feel I feel like betting with emotion is terrible, but that's my emotional pick right there. Um, Rom, top continental European golfer, plus 100. I think that's fantastic odds. It's basically Rom versus Hovland. Um, and if you're going to give me Rom versus Hovland at even odds, I'll take that any day. And then here's my big parlay. Uh, $1 to win, $147. Rory, top five. Finau, top 10. Hatton, top 20. Fleetwood, top 30. And Reed, top 40. Basically just parlaying all of those bets that I just said together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if that hits, I'm going to be going nuts. See, I'm an anti-parlay guy, but that sounds very intriguing. So I might. One, $1 on it. That's that's the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, for uh, my uh, favorite props this week, I got Rory round one at plus 2,200. I think he could either come out with a dud or come out blazing. And I think if he comes out blazing, plus 2,200 is a great odds for him to be, if he could shoot like a 65 early, I think that could definitely hold up. And then I have uh, Sahithi Gala top debutante at uh, plus 600. Uh, I think he could be, uh, I feel like he thrives in new courses. Obviously we had, we saw him at Augusta for his first time and he played very well there. I would be surprised if he played very well at Oak Hill. And then for the tournament to finish in a playoff at plus 300 back-to-back years, I feel like that would be a pretty cool one. I pretty much, that's probably my go-to prop bet every week, just for the tournament to end in the playoff. Sometimes it hits, it's good odds, plus 300. I, I think that's a good to take. And then Lowry to be the top Irishman. Uh, this is pretty much if Rory doesn't play well and he and Shane Lowry plays well, I think that's a very good uh, pick at plus 275. Uh, and that's all I got this week. I think those are pretty good. Yeah, you know, I've I found some really interesting ones. This is one that they do for the majors. Um, these are all obviously uh, on the books. Um, it's the big guns versus the field. I am taking the big guns at plus 250, which consists of Patrick Cantley, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, and John Rahm, taking them over the field at plus 250. That's one of the more interesting ones that is kind of new on the scene uh, for major championships. I'm also taking in a plethora of former champions that are playing in the PGA championship this week, as you get a lifetime exemption, taking Rory McIlroy to be the top former champion at plus 275. You know, you got Brooks Kepka in there. Phil Mickelson can maybe make a splash. Colin Morikawa for sure. JT is in that group. Taking Rory McIlroy to be the top former champion at plus 275 and may think about parlaying that into some top 10, some top five, and maybe even just an outright winning bet. I also like Tim's odds. I found these odds on a different sports book than Tim did, obviously, because I have to be decided in a playoff at plus 400 odds. I think this is a week where, as Jack mentioned earlier, you could see cuts, uh, a cut at plus four, plus five um, type thing this week. It's a absolutely brutal course. You got guys dealing with weather in the morning. 
scoring's not really going to be there in the afternoon. It's going to warm up. Everything's going to firm up. It's going to dry out. The greens are going to be blazing fast. So this seems like a plus four, plus five type cut week uh, this week. And, and that means that guys are going to be duking it out at minus three, minus four. And you could get three of those guys and potentially end up with a three-man playoff, minus three, minus four. So my final prop bet that I really like this week is to the P for the PGA championship to be decided in a playoff at plus 400 odds. So that wraps us up this week on the long drive, our PGA championship preview episode. Make sure to stay tuned for a special Sunday night live reaction podcast right after the final putt drops, right after the final round finishes where we will be coming to you live on Sunday night with our fresh raw reactions to watching the 105th PGA championship at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York. So thank you all so much for listening and catch us every week for the remainder of the season. Make sure to check out all of Impact 89 FM's other podcasts. This has been The Long Drive on Impact 89 FM.